On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are on the hunt for a killer in 70s Yorkshire with The Long Shadow on ITV, getting hot and bothered in the kitchen with Boiling Point on BBC One, and catching up with Joe Gilgan and the gang in the new series of Brassic on Sky. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters, and a podcast that comes to you from A, the wee hours, and B, far-flung corners of the nation today, as we are recording at the crack of dawn, because Boyd is on the road. Isn't that right, Boyd? You're in Cambridge, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Cambridge at the Royal Television Society Convention. Um, the RTS. The RTS. He's so damn fancy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here I'm here along with Piers Morgan. Oh, dear. Emma, Emma All Thompson. All the greats. Emma Thompson. Is that he, is he your, your fellow GB News pundit, Piers Morgan? Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's actually talk TV, I believe. Just to oh, be is he? Accurate. It's all the fucking yeah. same. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Um, and James Corden, who I am interviewing later on in front of an audience of thousands. Um, this have you done any? Have you done any hobnobbing yet? I went to. They had a big dinner last night in the in King's College, Cambridge, in this massive hall, which was yeah, I hobnobbed there. And um, uh, Catherine, um, what's her name? The oh, comedian. Catherine Ryan. Ryan, thank you. Did the um, after dinner speech and she was very funny. And it was quite topical, of course, because she refer- she was the one who talked about um, the mysterious comedian who was um, a predator on that Louis Theroux interview. So she touched on it very, she didn't really touch on it much, which would have been, which would have been tasteless, but she, it, it was interesting. To say the least, and she was very funny. So yeah, I have been hobnobbing to some extent, but the real, the full hobnob takes place today. The the chocolate covered hobnobs, if you will. Yeah, exactly. The Corden chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> now, crucially, are you going to call James Corden out on stage for having not left us a five star review? Um, uh, no, I think you should. But I won't you call should. him out on stage. But I will. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about it off yes. stage. You know, unless he's done it under a pseudonym and he was one of the many people who yeah. just called me a bellend anonymously and that's absolutely fine but I just want to make sure that we've got I mean, our, our first story. We do need to do something because we have slowed down now. I had a look yesterday in preparation for this oh, and really? yeah, yeah, we've uh, come to an absolute standstill. So okay. we need him, we need the uh, the JC to I get mean, things rolling. I'll find out. It may be because of course it, he listened to the show when he was in, in America, when he lived in America and he had lots of, you know, he probably had like a commute from home to, to the office to CBS. I don't know what his situation is. Now he's back in, um, in in London. Maybe he doesn't have time to listen to him. I don't know. I'll uh, find he, out. Obviously, he make but, time. Yeah. yeah, but also crucially, he has access to the internet to leave the review, right? So that's what we want. So I'm I'm happy yeah. for a historic based yeah, okay. review. You know? Also, he travels quite a lot. If he could leave the review from Fiji, that would be really helpful. <gasps> Fiji. That's where we really need to do our work, yeah. guys. Yeah, we need to we need to get the Fijians on board. Oh yeah, no, you've you've had a late night. I had a late night. Yeah. Yeah, um, you were I was hobnobbing, but in your ends rather than you know, mm. rather than in, in Cambridge because I, I did an event last night and ended up in the wilds of Bermondsey, being <laughs> pursued by assassins. So that was that was an unusual thing for me on a Wednesday night. It has to be said. Uh, I hosted a Q and A uh, for the Continental for, for primaries, and they they turned this place as you well you know, Boyd, you were there the night before. Mm. They turned this little hotel in uh, Shoreditch into. Uh, the hotel, the Continental. It's all, it's all very seventies themed. The only thing is, I mean, something they didn't think through. It's in Shoreditch, so everyone looks like that. <laughs> so you know, you're like, oh, are you in costume? Are you? Oh no, you're just a hipster. Okay, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, so you, know, you really can tell the difference. But uh, other than that, I have to say, it was a very good job. 
Did they give out coins? I yes, think that yes. Would be so a good people touch. had to pay mm. coins to get in. They were old school, like New York police. I'm working here, like shouting at you from horseback, literally from yes. horseback. Did you have, uh, the horse wow. was quite spectacular. The horse was great. There were like yeah. there were there were really cool seventies cars and stuff. Mm. There was a whole there was a whole immersive experience involving the police. Like it was yeah, it was it was a giggle. Actors, actually. Oh, they went all out. I like right. I, I said at the time because they have these actors, you know, who are pretending to be cops or whatever kind of shouting stuff at you and photo- and um like uh, paparazzi photographers were there reporters mm. like there were people reporters asking you questions right in this immersive experience and i really want to know like what do agents say to their actors <laughs> when the when the scanner offer comes in it's like we want you to pretend to be uh, a policeman at this immersive event with loads of journalists and they're like oh really is that, you know? <laughs> oh must we <laughs> yeah as a, do you know what as a recipient of it or an audience member i do find it hellish oh, going yeah. through that oh completely like yeah. i yeah. avoid it like the plague and yeah. then when i get when i get stopped I, I know I'm going to play along, but I just find it very difficult. It is quite stressful, mm. yeah. That's why Secret yeah. Cinema, mm. like when people come up yes. to you and they're really, really earnest and in character and you're like, really, you know, it's a Thursday night. I can't I can't be dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you have the whiskey cocktail though in, in the- I uh, did not. Knowing what okay. happened to you in Pilot Plus listeners, <laughs> Pilot Plus listeners will be very aware of what happened to Boydie when he had his whiskey cocktail. I stuck to a nice Diet Coke on the rocks at my 70s bar. So I was compass mentors. Oh, Although good. frankly, that didn't help me get home last night because mm. so just to be clear so just to paint the picture i don't know whether amazon had arranged this because it's very much in keeping with the setting but it was absolutely chucking it down like torrential apocalyptic end of the world type rain uh and while i did steal a continental umbrella to keep myself dry um i was walking through the streets with like desperately with my phone out with city mapper on trying to work out how the hell to get home got chucked off a station so i was at canada water station and uh, i got off there and i was going to change to to the other line and then everyone was looking really confused i had my headphones in was listening to music and uh and and uh, <laughs> and genuinely like everyone's so confused so i take my headphones out and this bloke on the on the tunnel is just going leave the station leave the station is leave the station 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 i was like oh my god that's his sister had you had you not plugged your headphones in was taylor actually playing out it could it could have been it could have been a new experimental song that's actually very true was this still part of the immersive experience it could have been it could have been probably had a range for it to be shut down genuinely this guy very assistant was going the station is now closed leave the station and he was like i was like oh my god is it like was the security like what's going on I still don't know what went on, but the upside of it was I was and en- I ended up wandering around the streets of Canada Water wait, and wait, then Bermondsey wait, wait, wait. in the rain. You're bringing all the drama, and you don't know why you were thrown out of the station. Yeah. No, no idea, no idea, none at all. But the guy was brilliant. incredibly insistent to the point of panic, like genuinely, oh, okay. which wow. actually made me ever so slightly nervous. I'm like, that's a very, very insistent call to leave the station. Is it actively on fire? I don't know. You know, who knows? Maybe he just needed to get home to watch Brassic. I couldn't tell you. But uh, it was it was it was it was confusing. But anyway, the result was I was very, very wet and ended up on a bus. And I do not like buses. <laughs> but I was on a bus trying to get back to London you Bridge. Because you have to like mingle with the hoi polloi. Well, it's not that. It's because when you're on a train, like you know where it's going because there's that little line on the sign with the little dots, which are the station, and it tells you where you're going. When you're on a bus, you're just in the streets and you're just looking out. I don't know, fair car. It's dark. Like, what is this? Every street looks the same to me. I don't know where I am. So I don't know when to get off. And I you're find it quite driven. stressful. You're not like no, having to fend for yourself. And also, they do tell you what the stops are on the bus. They have on, on they have the indicator showing you what the stops are. So, what, like, what, and also, often they have announcements going not a screen just like a digital you know um thing you just did, obviously didn't <laughs> yeah, see but is it, it going to say something like like next blah 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 road and i'll be like i don't know what that is i'm just trying to get a london bridge station 
Oh, God. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> I think ridiculous. what you need to do, do you know what? I think you need to sit back, relax, look out the window and just wait for them to go, London Bridge. And then you just hop off and it's fine. <laughs> that is true. I will say, this is good. The, the people who occasionally, when they leave reviews for us and say, why can't you get to the reviews? Why can't you get to the TV? Why is all this nonsense at the top of the show? <laughs> I'm going to love this stuff. We normally reserve this yeah. kind of banter you know for Pilot Plus. But <laughs> you know what? I, I was, I'm tempted to just to, to, to outline my um, how I got drenched three times yesterday here in Cambridge, one of which involved me getting a new adapter for the mic, which I left at home. And go to the Apple store in Cambridge. Uh, but I won't go on about that and my lack of umbrella as well. So Oh you know, my god. Guys, because- we want to get we want to get some good yeah. reviews. We don't yeah. want to just lost like- a load of listeners just as funny. Yeah. So I apologize to everyone who came here for the top quality TV chat and did not want to hear about my travails with the London bus system. So apologies for that. Uh let's get on with the podcast proper and let's begin with what we've been watching. Kay, what have you been watching? Okay, so I've watched a lot this week. Um, I have watched the Dispatches on Channel 4, which Boyd alluded to um, at the beginning, um, which I think a lot of people did, which uh, documented the allegations against Russell Brand of rape and sexual abuse. Found the details incredibly shocking, as I'm sure a lot of people will have done as well. Um, Then I um, followed it up with some more factual. I watched The Supermodels, which I think, is, is it on Apple TV Plus? What's the supermodels? Is it just what it sounds like? Yeah, it's the um, it's a documentary. I think it's four part um, documentary about Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, Linda Evangelista, and Christy Turlington, and it's basically about how they um, they dominated the world of modelling and how they got into it and their relationship now. And it's got unprecedented access because they're not often you know on camera talking, as you probably know. And so um, yeah, and it just. Yeah, it just charts all the kind of challenges they face and how it was very, very different back then and the things that were allowed. Um, so, yeah, I can highly recommend that if you're interested in those models, because they were like, it was groundbreaking. They were a groundbreaking bunch who, you know, paved the way for all the current models and fashion. So um, they're all it's, in the, um, the uh, Freedom 90 video, yes. weren't they, for George yes, Michael, yes, yes. directed by? Oh, I don't know who. James, you know, directed the Freedom 90 video for George Michael? Martin Scorsese. Close. David Fincher. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Good yeah. fact. Good yeah. fact. Good yeah. fact. There you go. Hugely influential well, they, video. I've only watched one episode, but maybe they touch upon that in the <laughs> later do. episodes. Absolutely. Oh. They do, yeah. Because I've watched some of it as well. It's really, really good. Yeah, really interesting. Because mm. not only did they, they, were they, they just, like, pop culture was obsessed with them as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everything. And you forget some of the, I mean, like, also they kind of unearth all those archive images and mm. stuff. And you just remember how amazing and arresting those um, photos and shoots were. So then someone got in touch on Twitter um, to say I hadn't mentioned about Virgin River. And I have watched, I like, I'd watched a couple of episodes last week or week four uh, for work. And so I kind of like was not half watching it, but you know, when you're not fully focused, it wasn't like my normal viewing. So, and I found it a little... The start, I found it a little underwhelming. That's why I haven't brought it up yet because I want Ooh. to. No, no, still good, but it wasn't like a spectacular first episode. I didn't think so. I want to watch a bit more before I give my fulsome review. But okay. yeah, I've started watching Virgin River. Um, no, it's still good, still good. But um, yeah, I want to see how. And there's going to be some uh, dramatic events because, as we know from the trailer, there's going to be a fire. So um, it is going to ramp up, no doubt. Um, and then the last thing I've watched, which um, I can't actually review because it's embargoed, and I t- and I talked about extensively in Pilot Plus, was the first two episodes of the Frasier reboot. Oh um, yeah, cannot review it, and I'm, we will. Neither do can Boyd, in- but that's a whole other story. <laughs> 
uh, that's a reason alone to uh, subscribe <laughs> yeah, to Pilot to Plus. To hear Boyd's woes, which involves mm-hmm. the Fraser screening and the Continental Whiskey that we alluded to earlier. Yes. Whiskey Gate, I'm calling it. Um, but what I will say is what I will review and I'm allowed to is the snacks. And just to say it is it was a brilliant launch because they served up scrambled eggs as per the um, theme tune. They had a jazz band playing a medley of songs, including the theme tune, and they had the illuminated neon sign. And it was just like it was the perfect kind of launch for it. Good. And that's me. That's everything I have been watching. That's like the second or third time I've heard you discuss the scrambled eggs at the Fraser launch. You must they must have been really good scrambled eggs. I mean They were delicious. Wow. It was no second time, Pilot Plus and this. Oh, and you got the uh, real version. I, I, got the, I, got the, yeah, <laughs> I got the personal <laughs> when I when I when I spoke to you and I was like, Where are you? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. spoiler. Boydy, have you watched yes. anything exciting? Yes. Now I can't remember last week because obviously my memory, as as is evidence from all the various things, I forgot. Like I left. Not only did I, leave, I left the mic at home for this, then I had to go back and get it. Then I left the adapter at home. <laughs> yeah, I did. felt so, sorry for you at that stage. I, mean, I did think. I mean, this has been a, a just a, a series of trials and tribulations. But did I <laughs> last week? Had I watched all of the morning show? I'm not sure. Um, no. I think I'd watched more of it. Then I finished because I, I had to write the review for Empire Online. Um, and I just wanted to say with the morning show how clever you may you may opinions may vary as as to the um the extent to which sometimes some episodes are better than others and some storylines are more involving than others, etc. But they it becomes very, very successionesque this this season of the morning show in terms of Oh really? Yeah, because it's kind of built around and I know you, you thought my comparison was unfair <laughs> a couple weeks ago and when we reviewed it, but because the, the storyline of John Hamm's character, this Elon Musk meets um, the guy, Jeff Bezos figure, um, his attempted takeover or not of UBS, the fictional network they all work for, becomes the real focus of it. And there's counterclaim and like there's, you know, as in succession, where it's, you know, it's kind of ebbs and flows as to whether or not mm. the board's going to vote for this takeover, whether, you know, Jennifer Anderson's character is going to go along with it. And it really builds up ahead of steam. And do you remember how in the first season, the brilliant first season, it kind of all the different storyline threads came together to the point where in the finale, it was kind of built around this big centerpiece confrontation and, you know, kind of on-air interview, which like, Blew the whole thing wide open. Do you know what I mean? It kind of all the revelations, if you remember, of, of the of the Me Too. They've, they've done a similar thing with this season, so it builds and builds and builds, and the finale is really is, is kind of brilliantly, spectacularly exciting and tense, and you just don't know which way it's going to go, and how they're going to kind of tie the thing, the, all the different things up. So I really enjoyed it in the end, but particularly how they. So even there might be, there might be a storyline you think, what's the point of this bit? You know, it's kind of who cares about that? But then it somehow threads in with what happens in the end. It's, it's very clever. It's very cleverly put together, I think. So safe to say it's back on form for you. <laughs> totally back on form. Yeah. I mean, not, I think it may never reach the heights of season one because just that was so exciting. Um, but it's definitely like massively, spectacularly entertaining watch every, every single episode. Um, so I like that very much. I got the sex education finale. I don't know if Netflix, someone on Netflix would be listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners will remember that um, James was boasting about he'd seen all episodes. Well, you know. And I was like, oh, I only got sent seven out of the eight. It got very childish. It got very, very childish because I particularly don't like, you know, not being first with the uh, <laughs> with the screeners. And and magically they emailed me going, oh, by the way, we've assigned you the, the, the finale. 
finale for um, Sex Education. I was like, oh, thanks. Um, just out of the blue without me even asking. They realised um, the error of their ways, yeah. Boydo. Yeah, they heard my pain. And um, so I watched that. And it is, again, that an- another show where all the threads, so many threads, so many subplots and issues and relationships to resolve. And they did that. They handled that f- superbly, I thought. Um, in it was way. a, as to take your word, Boydie, it was a very bold season yes. of sex education. They it went was. to places I didn't think they would go yeah. with this. And they yeah. took some big risks with subject matters they've not tackled before, which could have backfired horribly. But they pulled it off really, really they well. Did. Yeah, it's so well thought through. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I'm not going to give this away because, again, so it like obviously we're going out now on Monday. It dropped on Friday, so people will have had the weekend to binge it, and many people probably will have seen the whole season. But just in case they haven't, did you spot the cameo? There is a character. There's a cameo of someone, and again, it's not like a flashy cameo. It's not like a big A-list cameo. But it's, it's about, in fact, it's not. It's not actually a cameo. It's just a bit of casting. So I probably shouldn't use the yeah. word cameo because he's yeah. not that famous. But there is a character is in it- this series called Dodgy Mo. And so I just want. I just think you need to pay attention to the character of Dodgy Mo. There'll be this bit where you're looking at Dodgy Mo and you're like, "Who are you? Who are you? I know you. Who are you?" And then it'll suddenly click who it is. Is it something we were talking about on Pilot Plus? I, I mentioned it then. Yes, I mentioned it, it was yeah. a bit too Fine. early because yeah. the, the show hadn't, yeah. hadn't dropped at that point. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yes, right. indeed. I, yeah. I wouldn't have if I had, if it hadn't been for you mentioning it. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dodgy he, Mo. Dodgy Look mode, past yeah, the tash and see yeah. the man beneath. <laughs> yeah, it is wild, a wild bit like, oh, how did he get involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, thought that was very yeah. funny. That, it's, that it's, made me it's, laugh. It's really interesting, yeah. And by the way, at this dinner last night here at the Royal Intelligence Society Convention in Cambridge, I sat next to uh, a woman called Steph who had been in the writer's room for um, sex education. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She's um, a, a writer and actor, and she um, is in a wheelchair, and she was particularly, you know, kind of advising them on those, on the disability um, issues in the show, which are, I think it's one of the, you know, we were talking about, I think it's one of the best examples on TV of a show that, that deals with disability, that has visible dis- disabled characters all the way through, and not just like token, you know, ones dropped in here and there, but core to the central storylines as well. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting to meet her. She's brilliant, like really funny. Um, yeah. So uh, I watched the sex education well, while, finale. While we are mm-hmm. talking sex education, I should point out, you know, we had uh, we had some chats about the uh, – I can't actually bring up the post bag at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, otherwise, we, mentioned, we had some chats. and Remember we mentioned about where is this school, where is it shot oh, and everything. Yeah. It mm. is, in yeah. fact, the Y Valley in Wales is where right. it's shot. Oh, it is uh, Wales. Yes. Yeah. And then, but, but some, I think, I believe, if I'm right in saying the house that Otis and Jean live in is just over the border in England. I seem uh, to recall the school okay. is in the White Valley. Are you? Do they rent it out to punters, or is it just you know they're used I, to? I, frankly, can, can I would like to live there. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Why don't we all? We should move in. We do the podcast from that house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. A if, commune. We'll see if Bow will pay for that um, yeah. trip. Yeah, Unlikely. can you imagine the bus journey to get there? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Fun times. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I thought that was. Uh, I must it admit, the, the countryside is is glorious there. It's an amazing location, yeah. And that, those cycle rides, um, the Otis mm. and um, uh, Thingy go on. Oh, yes, yes. Eric, Eric, and, Eric yeah, and Otis Eric. is cycling to school yeah. through yeah. this lush forest. Yeah, it's uh, ama- they're amazing. It's yeah. glorious. And one final show that I watched, um, the star of, because someone also messaged us, I think, all of us, or maybe just me, I can't remember, um, on Twitter, slash X, 
they the Exodus on X. Don't no, don't call it that. Yeah. Um about Taskmaster. Do you know the new series of Taskmaster started um saw last that. week? Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> no, not the Taskmaster. I saw yeah. the tweet you're talking about. Yeah, you about. saw the tweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um why don't we review Taskmaster? Blah blah blah. So I thought, well, actually, do you know what? I'm gonna take a look. Because for me, the whole thing about Taskmaster is the lineup, you know, is is the lineup. And this lineup, I have to say, is fantastic. It's one of the best lineups they've ever had. So um Julian Clary. Sue Perkins, Lucy Beaumont, as in um, meet the, from Meet the Richardsons, who's fabulous. Um, Sam Campbell, who who was in Blood, you recognise him; he's really good. And um, Susan Wakoma, and they are really, really good, I have to say. So I, I watched the first episode. I think we should load it up in the cultural exchange canon. So maybe we've yeah. already. So I think next is your mum, my dad for James. Yeah, yeah. And then this one, and then Taskmaster. Yeah. How about uh, that? God. Yeah. Agreed. This is the only way so I'm going to get you to go through more episodes of Game of Thrones. I should point out for yeah. those of you listening, the first instalment of Game of Thrones did happen in the Cultural Exchange in Pilot Plus. So if you want to hear what Kay thought of the first episode of Game of Thrones, do have a listen to that. Um, or more importantly, James's verdict on celebrity race across oh the world. Oh God, yes. That's a thing that happened. By the way, do you know what series this is of Taskmaster? No. I'm going to guess go 14. On. James? Uh... <laughs> just like a figure. Okay. Just, just name number. Fifteen. I'm oh, gonna go <laughs> close. Sixteen. Oh, Sixteen. Okay. Oh. Sixteen series. How is incredible. It's a, wi- is that? It's a winning format. I Fucking genuinely hell. don't even know what the show is about. You've never watched it. I genuinely. I couldn't even tell you the premise. I ju- wow. just don't have a clue. Okay. Okay. Well, well let's save that for. Yeah, we'll plus. save that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Right, okay. So, so things I've been watching. Obviously, sex education. I wanted to talk about, but I, I think that's something that we can go into detail a little bit later on. Maybe we'll do a little. Maybe we'll do a little special mini Pilot Plus spoiler chat in the next yeah. episode and talk about that there. Um, what have I been watching? I've been pressing on very slowly with For All Mankind. I think about three episodes went for the end of season two. I really do need to get a move on because we don't have much time left before Glacial the next season speed, drops. James. Yeah, that's right. I have also been pressing on with the morning show, but I haven't finished it yet, so I have nothing to add to what Boyd said because I haven't got to the end but I'm getting nearer to the end. I will say the most recent episode of Ahsoka, I feel, was basically designed partly around me. So we recorded an Empire Spoiler special <laughs> for this God. where Amon came on and talked what about the animated series that frankly made no sense. <laughs> but all of that aside, and you know, with your bridges and your thrones and all this stuff that he was explaining what all of this stuff meant, but none of that mattered because there were two key takeaways from this episode. Boy, have you seen it by any chance? The most recent episode? No. 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 Okay, well, there is a Dathomiri witch in it played by Claudia Black, a.k.a. Erin Sun from Farscape. And that was yeah. immediate. I was like, whoa, it's it's Claudia Black. There was a stormtrooper called Enoch, and he wears a gold mask. He does not take that mask off, so I did not recognise him at any point. But I looked it up afterwards, and it's Wes Chatham, a.k.a. Amos from The Expanse. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I uh, want to be excited for uh, you. Shattering. I mean, it was pretty exciting for me. Uh, I can't. I'm, I was actually upset that I didn't recognise him from his glorious baritone. Uh, but yeah, I didn't recognise him when I was, when I was watching it. it. Was only afterwards, and crucially, I didn't find out till after we recorded the spoiler special. So I shall have to save my excitement for next week when hopefully he takes Does his helmet off. Does that mean you'll get kicked out of the Expanse fan club for not recognising, for not recognising his voice? It may be, mm. but then I will become president of the Farscape fan club at the same time. <laughs> so I guess it balances itself out. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, it was, it was it was a decent episode of Ahsoka. I do feel that show has doubled down on its. If you loved Rebels, you'll love this-ness of it. 
And I do feel like if you've not watched or have no interest in Rebels, because it's an animation, uh, you might go into this going, I don't know who these people are, and I'm not sure why I should care. I, I kind of, I care because it's Star Wars, and I love the tone, and it's quite, you know, it's quite slow, and it's a bit of a mood piece. But I do think they have chosen a very specific subsection of the audience for this show, uh, which seems like, a, I suppose, a bold choice, really. So I'm really K. It's aimed at you. People who are au fait with the Rebels series and, of course, the Clone Wars animated series as well. The Next Dave on Filoni the one, of course. Not, and I know what you're thinking. You were thinking, oh, Clone Wars, James. Clone Wars, you mean the Gendi Tartakovsky animation? I said, no, okay, not that one. The Clone Wars. No, uh, just Dave Filoni's Clone Wars. Andrei Tartakovsky, the famous Russian um, film director. <laughs> yes, boy, Andrei Tartakovsky, uh, who famously Tarkov. did a Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's wild. Wild. <laughs> yes. It was out of character for him. Yeah. yeah. Completely out of character. But, you know, I guess yeah. he just loves Star Wars. Yeah. We never reviewed it, of course, on this on this podcast, did we? Because um, cause of embargoes and all that. Yeah, we so, couldn't see it. We couldn't yeah, see we it. Couldn't see it. Mm. I mean, you know, Disney Plus, get, get your finger out. You're missing out here yeah. on, on finding out what we... The Palatine okay. Plus podcast and thought, of, thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to this week's listener question? And this week's listener question is a kind of, I guess, slightly topical based on at least one of the shows that we're reviewing this week uh, and also slightly morbid. So this week's listener question doesn't come from the post bag at all. It comes from Twitter and it comes from Clive. And Clive says, thanks for the latest pod. It really made me lol. You're welcome, Clive. Listener question. The three of you are going to be brutally murdered. Which Ooh. team of TV detectives do you choose to prevent slash solve the case? Oh, too easy. Oh, We didn't even get this question in advance, but straight yes, you did. I sent it to you yesterday. You just both we ignored did. it. No, I, I saw it. Oh. oh so it was, okay, it was on the... I mean, to be fair to James, I mean, he's not great at communication at the best of times, but he did actually... <laughs> You're brave. <laughs> very, very brave, boy. <laughs> he did actually send this to us on the chat, on the, on the WhatsApp. How did you I'm not actually, see it? I'm actually checking. See, this, this, is, this is the whole thing, and I'm going to stand up right here and say, like, I get accused of not having good communication, despite having a pilot WhatsApp, despite having at least four separate pilot calendars. I could not be more organised, but you guys just on don't this, look at it. Listen, on this occasion, I was wrong, and I apologise. Oh. There was a message that I didn't see. Did if just, anyone just um, listening just, recorded that audio and could send me the file, <laughs> yeah. that would be great. Yeah. Do you just automatically dismiss any any message now that James sends? Like, well, I just, I've got this nerd chat filter on there, and it just gets yeah. sifted yeah. out. And I, I think yeah. it got like caught up in that. Anyway, straight away, my answer, obviously, Poirot. Of course. I would get him to solve the crime because he would do it. He would do it in a very elegant fashion. Um, there would be no, you know, fuss or bother. He would just uh, em employ his little grey cells. And yeah, that's that's immediately my answer. So, I mean, the question did ask for a team of detectives, though. So, well, I mean, well, I, I like bring, to see well, one man can, team. Well, he can bring Hastings just for the lols. <laughs> Captain yeah. Hastings, who does okay. actually very, very little, mm. but like bumble along mm. um, and cause irritation for Poirot. So, yeah. Yeah, true. Fair Who would enough. you choose? I mean, it's got to start with Columbo, really. You know, oh, yeah. It just, One more Columbo's thing. The, Columbo's the, the OG. He's the, it all started with Columbo. See, you mm, say it, Or Poirot. I think Poirot <laughs> came first. Well, in terms of TV detectives. Well, go on, James. Why, why well, am I the wrong? The thing with Columbo is it's like, it's not about who done it. It's how they done it. You know, yeah, but how still, they didn't, you know. I know, but he still solves the fucking crime. But then I like, suppose yeah. to, to, to have Columbo solve your murder, we would have to sit through yeah. your murder yeah. happening. Yeah. We'd have to yeah, watch yeah, yeah, Boydie yeah. being live murdered before yeah. Columbo could solve it. 
Yeah, it would make it be exciting though. You, how would you, how would Boyd be murdered? In, I'd in like the streets of Bermondsey TV... by assassins is hundred percent how it would I think I mean, that's it should be too, something that's too close to the truth, to be honest, you know. <laughs> yeah, that... I think it should be something T V related. Like his massive um... T V falls on him and crushes him. Oh my god, yes, that's it. Yeah. But it's been loosened. The hinge has been loosened and it's by K, someone in who hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I solved this no, already, it was easy. Yeah. James, out of all of us, I'm not going to target Boyd. <laughs> oh, I see. I, I heard the Whoa. threat in that. Uh, mm. <laughs> Sleep with one eye open. Always. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with Cullen, but I'd also bring in um, Sherlock, Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, that's a good yes, shout. That's a good shout. He's genius. And so, because you've got, I've got the indefatigability of Columbo, because Columbo won't give up. He'll, you know, he'll he's make, tenacious. He, yeah, he's very tenacious. Yeah. Um, but, and then you've got just the pure genius of Sherlock who can, you know, fathom what's going on from like a speck of dust on a on a shirt or whatever. And are you having Watson as well or just Sherlock blind solo, um, just out of interest? Yeah, you'd have Watson as well. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. Watson's, Watson's very good, very useful, yeah. And this is, uh, to be really wanky, how about this? I was thinking, oh, you know what? Because even though I can't um, review it or anything because of embargoes, I'm going to say um, Emma Corrin as oh Darby Hart. Yes, the amateur <laughs> sleuth at the centre of a murder at the end of the world coming soon on Disney Plus, created by Zalbert Mangnidge and Brett Marling. Yeah. Wow. That's a go. good shout. The central character. I'm- Thanks. <laughs> Even though you haven't seen it. No one's seen it. Look, look at how smug he is there. Mm. Um, obviously, my answer does remain Poirot, but I also feel like not having Angela Lansbury in there is a bit of a mistake. Yeah, Poirot with Marple. Yeah, maybe with... Yeah. Not Marple. Not Marple. No. What's her name? What's her name? <gasps> Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Fletcher, yeah. Sorry. Clearly, clearly based on Marvel. Okay, I'm going I'm to combine her. I'm going to have her with him. Hmm. Okay. If you, James, who are you choosing? Well, if you wanted to mix up the Columbo format, I'd go with Natasha Leon from uh, from Poker Face. Because so, yeah. I think she does what mm. Columbo does, but does in a much more entertaining fashion. So, oh, uh, God. <laughs> He's True. But I, the question I would have for you two is, would you want Mabel, Oliver and Charles to make a podcast about your murder after the fact? No. Oh. oh. Do you know what? Yes. My answer is a resounding no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> They can barely keep their shit together for what the crime they're solving at the moment. Like, no, I think I think I'd want you and Boyd to dress all in black for at least a year and to record a podcast just trying to solve my, you know, my murder. Only for Pilot Plus subscribers. Only, oh my god! Only, and yeah. only once we reach five thousand reviews, exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. We hit five. Yeah, we hit five thousand reviews. All have to be five star, obviously, and maybe mourning my loss. And then I want you to dressed in black. And Darren, even though we don't see him, has to be dressed okay. in black as well. And then. Yeah, doing a separate series um, on this. So, so just to be clear, what you are promising subscribers is if we reach five thousand, if we if we hit that, we will arrange to have you brutally murdered. No, that's and, the and they will help us no. solve the crime. <laughs> okay, now now you're now you've got your own agenda, and I think everyone can see that. Um, and it was reviews, so reviews and subscribers, but we'll 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 iron out those details. It was a bit like a game of Cluedo. It was Boyd in the Bermondsey with the angry ferret or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. But I know none of these work for me really. So I kind of toyed with a few ideas for this, as is my want. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe Lufa. Because if someone were to murder me, I'd want Lufa to basically kill them. Because that's what he does. You know what I mean? Like, Lufa would just go in there and just mess them up. So, Joe would be too good for them. I'd want Lufa to, like, throw them off a building or something. So that would work. Or, or crucially, the late great. Robbie Coltrane as Fitz from oh. Cracker, so he could grind Good them shout. into an intellectual pulp in the interrogation room. I'd quite like that. Yeah, Fitz is very you. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's just true. pompous yeah. and just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh. I, th- I quite like that. I think that would work for me. But ultimately, you know, and then I toyed with: Do I want Lester Freeman from the Wire investigating? Because the man is methodical. The man is relentless. He never mm. lets it go, uh, and he's not showy, but he gets the job done. I thought he'd be a good choice. But ultimately, I thought: Do you know what? Not being murdered is probably the best outcome from this so my choice for this and again it's cheating slightly because it's not aired here in the uk but i have seen it is brian tyree henry from class of 09 uh <laughs> because- i mean you beat me what? you beat me what? i thought of course i thought i was being particularly smug by referring to a murder at the end but no no you've pulled been out smug yeah been out smugged. yeah 100 because obviously wow. that story is around the kind of uh it, 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 it goes into the minority report territory where it's essentially arresting people for crimes they have yet to commit and i would like my murderer to be arrested frankly before they murder me so Mm. Can I? Um, I can just hear check, police sirens. Yeah, now. they're on the way. They're on the way. Yeah. And then also, it's coming out of Kay's microphone. So this it speaks fucking volumes. <laughs> that does. Yeah. Can I tweak my answer a little bit? I've just when I said Hastings with Poirot, I now actually want to change to Hastings, Hastings identity to Ted Hastings. Exactly that. As a bastion of morality, I think he needs to be on board with Poirot and Jessica Fletcher. They really are closing in on you, Kay. I can hear them. Yeah. yeah. I know. They're, they're coming it's to the, you. No, it's the pre-crime unit. They're coming to arrest you preemptively <laughs> for my murder, a la Minority Report. Listen, I can't reveal who's who else is involved. Some pilots plus subscribers. We're a team. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Okay, this is good. Any other? Any others you'd like to throw in? Mulder and Scully? See, Kay, I always think that if you were to be murdered, it would definitely be like an alien or a ghost or like a vampire or something supernatural just to spite you for not liking that genre. He's Let's really thought projection. this through. Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's given this an inordinate amount of thought. Yeah. Well, Kay, I'm a professional. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I've just reacted, it, reacted to the question based on what I've just seen because I've only just got the message. Yeah. Only just been delivered. And uh, you've given it like lots and lots of thought. I think if Luther was um, investigating, that would mean that that what we were the victims of a particularly perverse serial killer. Oh, that's true. Who, who obviously targeted bald, middle-aged white guys um, mm. who review TV for a living. So that would be an interesting storyline, I think. Yeah, that would be a good twist. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you not might pointing, be the murderer, Kate. Yeah, well, that's mm. it, and she clearly is. Okay, so just mm. obviously you're not not pointing the finger in any libelous way, but were you a serial killer, how would you murder us? Ooh, oh, my God, that's a great – well, I'm going to need a bit more time, but I wouldn't <laughs> do anything too showy, and I, I, would, um, I would do it in a very slow way. Wow. Maybe I'd – Particularly with James, I'd like to drive him mad along the way. I would have thought, yeah. it's obvious, it's got to be an exploding um, microphone, surely. Like, in, just, as James is, just when James is sawing out his levels and being a fascist about the sound audio, yeah, yeah. his mic blows up and kills it. Oh, yeah, so you, you'd attach the explosives to like the little yeah. level gate. So when I'm yeah. being particularly funny with the trimming, you'd be yeah. like, you'd be like yeah, it oh, detonates. that's it. It detonates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Head and the headphones as yeah. well. Yeah, of course. But Boyd, wow. I think the TV the TV idea is quite yeah, good. That's a good for idea. Boyd. Yeah, my TV falling on me. Yeah, that's a good idea. Death by his ninety inch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. steady. Yeah. What would yeah. I? You know what? Poetic justice. <laughs> I think. I think. Kay would die. I would poison her cookies. Mm. Poison the cookies yeah. that wrongly robbed me of my title during the Great Pilot TV Bake Off. Mm. You know what that would do? That would expose your bitterness at my at my win. Yeah. So I well, I wouldn't use a bitter poison, think... Kay, because obviously you'd taste it. I'd choose something that had no no, no flavour. <laughs> that's, very, that's very Agatha Christie. I would approve of you poisoning yeah. me. Lemon drizzle mm. poison. That's right. Lemon drizzle. The lemon drizzle poisoner. That's what yeah. they could call me. That could be yeah. my name. Mm. Yeah. No, that, actually, that would be a better way of doing it. Rather than poison your cookie, I could poison my own lemon drizzle cake and then send it to you. <laughs> 
God. Look at look at this. Yeah. He's so he's excited. Really excited the, I, listeners, I can't tell you the excitement. His <laughs> eyes are gleaming next, as if this is an actual it, thing that's going to happen. Put it this way: the next pilot live podcast is going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be like, "Who wants to taste <laughs> a lemon just in a moment?" No. Uh, oh, amazing. Right, right. I think that is enough for this week's listener question. Um, right. Now, can I... Um, hang on, hang on. I have, to, I have to do the post baggy bit. If you want to have your question read out on the Pilot TV podcast, do send them to us at Pilot TV Pod via DM on Twitter or Instagram or to me at James C. Dyer on Instagram. Sorry, Kay, what were you saying? I just need to confess something now because I've just realised I have forgotten... To find any news. Oh. That's it. I'm just getting out of the way. Brilliant. That's it. No. Kate's forgotten right. to find news. Boyd hasn't watched one of the shows. This is extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very early is what I would it say. It is early. It is an early morning record when we may or may not have had a lot of sleep. But that's all good. That is all good. So, I mean, you mentioned news. It is time for the news section. Uh, I won't go straight to Kate. Boyd, do you have some news? Yeah, of course. I, I, I'm picking out the thing that you must be most excited about, I would have thought, that, that was revealed this week. You know what I'm talking about? Can you guess? Can James, I guess? You've been asking about this for weeks, and and your and you your question was answered finally. Well, I mean, we covered the interview with the vampire stuff, so it can't be. No, when are we, it's going to be something. When are we going to get? Yeah, yeah. Insert yeah, exactly. What shows have you been asking about? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, I suppose because I already knew this information, it didn't strike me as news. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Slow horses has yes. to say, and it's. I want to say it's the first of December. Correct. Yes. Friday the first of December. That yeah. is exciting. Although I have one question. Go on. Where's the other one? Last year, we got two seasons of Slow Horses. Uh, yeah. They only yeah. a season. Just be grateful. Why can't you be grateful <laughs> for anything, okay? You've got you've got some good news there, and now you're already it's jumping true. to one more. I am extremely excited that Slow Horses is coming back, uh, and that's yeah. going to be with us on the 1st of December, even if it is only one season and not two, which I was owed. Um, well, but if you, I think last time they, they dropped the first season, and then... They dropped the second quite quickly without making a big fanfare. They were like, oh, and here's the second. Yeah, so it's like, well, I think one dropped again. in April, and then the next right. one dropped around Christmas time. And it was yeah, like, so wow, they... two in a year, this is amazing. Yeah, so maybe they'll drop this one at December the 1st, and then the next one will be a couple of months later. And you'll or be, you'll be December fine. the 2nd. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> unlikely. But I'll have the, how long have the previous seasons been, by the way? Do you uh, know? About six episodes, aren't they? Oh, okay, yeah, mm. this is six. They're not super well, long. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. yeah, no, I thought they might have been shorter than that. I thought this season, season might have been longer. Anyway, it's based on the real Tigers, uh, the third novel in the Mick Heron Spy series, Slough Spy series. Um, and yes, it's going to arrive on Friday, December the 1st. And it's going to be very exciting and fantastic. Yes. And yeah. Shopei Dorisu's in it. That's the thing. He's that the big... is also true, yes. Yes. Uh, he is cast as Sean Donovan, the former head of security at the British Embassy in Istanbul. And Catherine Waterston plays Alison Dunn, an MI5 agent who uncovers a dark secret at the heart of the agency. So, yes, fantastic. Slow Horses news. Well done, everyone. So I have to say, Slow Horses is one of the most bingeable shows. I absolutely yeah. love it and devour it. So this is this yeah. is very very exciting. And you have been watching it on the Apple screens, of course. I couldn't. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> such an accusation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing, there was an announcement of a new Vicky McClure show. Did you see this? I did Paramount see Plus. this. Yes. Paramount Plus is getting in the Vicky McClure business in a big way. Um, uh, she's also executive producer. Um, and she pl- it's a show called um, Insomnia, and she plays successful career woman Emma, who fears she might be losing her mind when her hard-won dream life turns out to be a nightmare. A couple of weeks before her 40th birthday, she stopped sleeping, just as her mother had done before she suffered a violent psychotic breakdown. 
Oh, my God. Yeah. Emma's mother always told her she'd go the same way, and she has the same bad blood, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And her husband is going to be played by Tom Cullen, who's a brilliant actor. That's very exciting. He's very good. So, yeah, I'm, um, I'm fully up for this Vicky McClure-based Paramount Plus series. As am I. Enjoyed the fact that you As were uh, dropping a few Taylor Swift lyrics in there as well. So that was good. Of course. Um, <laughs> I have some news, and it Go is on. Star Trek related. Uh, oh. Jonathan Powers Frakes, down. a.k.a. Commander William Riker, has said that the fifth and final season of Star Trek Discovery is going to return to its roots as sci-fi television heavily focused on action and adventure. Now, Kay, obviously you're probably slightly behind on Star Trek Discovery, but... Uh, but the f- I mean, it's a total zone The fourth here. season, of course, did not explore action and adventure. Instead, was a sort of a philosophical musing on the meaning of tedium. So, so that's useful. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a bold new new sort of change of direction for the show. So I'm, I'm, I welcome it. All I'm hearing is tedium. <laughs> That's all you yeah. ever hear from me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I did not enjoy the most recent season of Discovery, uh, and Strange New Worlds has very much eclipsed it in my Star Trek love at the moment. But uh, but yeah, I'm 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 psyched that they seem to be doing a little bit of a course correction. Yeah, good Star Trek disco news. Yeah. Oh, good, Gassy boy, boy mm-hmm. knows the lingo. Oh, yes, yeah. you do. I know. Yes, you do. I know the lingo. Yeah. There was an announcement of another sh- a show coming up on Netflix that Kay and I would be are excited about. I know that most many listeners will be excited about. But of course, James probably won't be because of his fierce opposition to popular culture right. and stuff. But Netflix confirmed that their David Beckham documentary series oh, yes. Yes, is going to arrive on the 4th of October. And this will be interesting whether we decide to review this or not on the show, because this is a big deal. This is a big news. It's like, you know, been years in the making um, it's the oh, first time. Oh, we have time. to do it, surely. Come on. We'll see. Bring down, let's bring down the dictator. I, I we'll literally see. haven't said a word. <laughs> but hold on. Let me, let me. Your face says it all. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Your face does, does say it all. Um, but the interesting thing about it is that it's four, it's four hours, four episodes. It's the first time he's really, him and Victoria, his wife, <laughs> his wife, um, James, you may not have heard of her, um, <laughs> aka Posh Spice. Right. It's, so it's basically, it's not only is it uh, the story of his um, incredible success as a footballer, it also looks at him as a cultural icon and them together as a, cele- a celebrity icon as well. So it actually looks at, you know, their whole kind of like, the level of celebrity they achieved as a couple in 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 the heady days when and I, I I think I'll be surprised if you know kind of heat and and our role in helping make them famous isn't somehow alluded. I've no idea. I haven't watched it yet. Um, they haven't seen the episodes. Is this been made by Fullwell? No, no, it hasn't been made by Fullwell. No, oh, okay. Um, it's been made by um another company that I think it's been co co produced by Gary Neville, who's obviously friends with Beckham, um, mm. etc. Um. But you know what? The here's the interesting that might be the way in for James is. Do you know who's directed this documentary series, James? Of course you don't. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Close. Neither Martin Scorsese nor David Fincher, but it has been directed by Fisher Stevens. Oh my God! Oscar winner Fisher Stevens. Oscar I should winner say. Fisher Stevens, who plays the oily PR guy in Succession. Oh yes, you know that man. Yes. James has officially perked oh, up. Oh, I know Fisher Stevens. And anyone who's ever seen Short Circuit 2 knows Fisher Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> but the less said about that, the better, okay. I would say. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Uh, um, but yes, I remember the year that he won an Oscar when I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> I know, it's bizarre, but it's weird. It's bizarre, isn't it? He's directed this, this documentary By all accounts, well. I mean, yes, he is actually a very good director. He is a documentarian. <laughs> yes, he is, he is documentarian. He is, yeah, yes. so, but he, yeah, he plays Hugo in Succession. Hugo, who is one of, when we, Jim K, remember when we went to the um, Succession Writers um, mm-hmm. event at the Royal Festival yes. Hall? Um, someone picked out, it might have been Jesse Armstrong, his favourite. It was... Yeah. Go on. It, they, if there was a character, they'd do a spin-off. That's from. right. Yeah, they did pick out at that event um, the fact that they could do a spin-off series from Succession, built around his character. Yeah, his incredibly oily, unctuous um, PR guy who kind of moves with the fl- goes with the flow and tries to get stay stay in his role, but he's dismissed summarily in the finale. So yeah, um, but anyway, bottom line is Beckham. The series arrives on the fourth of October on the Netflix. Be excited, James. This is my excited face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know you guys are as excited as I am about the new Netflix Scott Pilgrim animated series. Uh, And the creator of the comic, Brian Lee O'Malley, has been talking a little bit about that, specifically why it is a new thing. So it's not a complete retelling, uh, you know, word for word or whatever you want to call it, of his original comic. It's not an adaptation of the movie, although it does involve all of the movie's cast. It's essentially... I suppose it's like, because he wrote the comic 20 years ago, and I think his whole point is he couldn't go back and rewrite it. So he wanted to tell the story of Scott Pilgrim in a world where the story of Scott Pilgrim has already been told. So I thought that was kind of, it's, I mean, it's a mad idea. I quite like the idea of it. And 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 yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I'm quite excited to watch it. Uh, even though it is animated and my yeah. snobbishness around that medium, you know, I, I, understand I, love, I love Scott Pilgrim. It's one of my favourite films of, yeah. of, of that era. Um, so yeah, even I again anti <laughs> anti or just not <laughs> An- that bothered about animation. Is that a thing? Can we say yeah, animation? Yeah, um, yeah, very excited about it. any Scott Pilgrim related um, stuff. So that's good. Um, and the drama surrounding Kevin Costner and Yellowstone seems to show oh, no yeah. sign of abating. So there's all the sort of his divorce hearings, hasn't it? Has been talking about, you know, why he isn't in it, what's going on, why he's kicking off with Taylor Sheridan. Uh, apparently there has been a report, possibly a rumour, uh, that he is asking to come back for season Ooh. five or towards the end of season five. So they must have, so they've ironed out all the financial Well, no, I still don't know that it's then. happening because this is all like this anonymous sources kind of rumoured type reporting. But they're saying, oh, he's Hearsay. begging to come back. And then someone else is saying that it came with a list of demands, including more money, didn't want to shoot as much. And he wanted the right to review and approve all of the scripts for the show. And bear in mind that Sheridan writes every episode. <laughs> That should be a hard no. I believe it was a hard no, so I don't know where this is going. But uh, whether or not his character, John Dutton, uh, returns to Yellowstone remains to be seen. But, you know, it could happen, might not happen. Maybe I'm going to start doing this for the uh, podcast. I'm going to insist that you send me all the intros and the links uh, before we record. Um, Yeah, and and your veto. Say, no, this pun is rubbish. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't approve of this joke. Too much bus chat at the top half of the podcast. (laughs) Cut it out. Yeah. You would 100% okay, cool. do that. Uh, and then and then, and then you see when we get to, if you'd see my script here, it says, news section, square bracket, K brings no news. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I know. It, oh. it is true. I mean, I can only apologise. I don't know what happened. Just completely forgot. But what I do is I respect your commitment to the bit in that, you know, another person, a lesser person, one might say, would have come with no news and would have taken the opportunity to, I don't know, Google some news while me and Boyd were talking. But no, no, no. K, K, double down on this and looked mm. out of the window most of the time that we were talking. And I respect that. <laughs> I looked out the window because I was absorbing your news ah, and also trying not to be blinded by the sun. That's what was happening. But yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I take my commitment to having no news very yeah, seriously, no, I appreciate James. It. I, I think, you know. I don't want to just bring any old, you yeah, know, follow through. shabby news. Go for it. Mm. And, well, I'm not going to follow through. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> God. We should say, by the way, sorry to stop all this general waffle, but. Um, <laughs> wow. That's going to be the, that's gonna be the title of the God next review Boyd, on Apple Podcasts. It's just going to be yeah. general waffle. Well, there is quite important news, which is that um, the writers strike people the wga are have talk are having talks with the studio people um so there is some hope there that at least one of the two strikes that is ruining <laughs> our lives when- and ruining more more importantly ruining people who work in the industry yeah lives in in uh, may be resolved or it, so it's, yeah it's there's promising but when you say they're having talks is it yeah. like is it like fuck you no fuck you no fuck you is, it, is that the kind of conversation they're having Maybe. It, that seems I mean, to be largely what the talks have been so far yeah, I mean, I'm not privy to the uh, room. I haven't got a fly on the wall um, with, but 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 we have got the the real big wigs: Bob Iger, Ted Sarandos of Netflix, David Zaslav, the controversial new mm. head honcho of Warner Bros. Discovery. They are people in the room with the WGA, so you know it's pretty high level talks. So I'm, it's promising, I think. And, and fucking yeah, we really need these strikes to stop. We really do. We <laughs> yeah. really do. So, yeah, uh, a lot of things getting pushed back, and you know it's funny because we haven't really felt the pain of the strikes yet, really. But no. No, let me let me rephrase that. We have because we try to interview people and fail because they're on strike. But mm. but like people watching films and TV haven't really felt the pain of it, except for those people who were really expecting Dune to arrive in November. But uh, I, you know, I it's when we get into next year and we realize how much stuff is being pushed back. And even like the you know the fall TV season in the US has kind of started to slip as well. So I I, I think we're we're very close to the point where we are very much going to start feeling this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the people on strike who have not been paid for months are feeling this already. I'm 100% sympathetic to them, but I'm just saying it's going to feel real for those of us on the ground uh, before too long. Although we could we could take the opportunity to go to the theatre, uh, and there's a wonderful segue into the fact that Stranger Things: The First Shadow oh, yeah. Yeah. is a prequel play based on the popular tv series on netflix uh and this is going to start it's going to i think it's starting doing previews in november at the phoenix theater in london uh if you if you've been on the underground recently you will have seen uh some posters for it advertising it so i think it opens properly on december the 14th uh and i'm, I'm very very fascinated to see there cost some younger versions of the characters that we know and love like hoppers in it joyce is in it uh you know all of that henry creel uh, and the Hawkins kids, well, other parents, the parents of the Hawkins kids, not the actual Hawkins kids. Um, but yeah, because it's like a it's like a prequel prequel story. Yeah, I'm I am genuinely intrigued to see how it works on stage. Yeah, it's it's quite a bizarre. It's just one of the weirder things to make it to the stage, isn't it? Like, it is. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a strange thing, but I'm I'm yeah. I'm here for it. It's a strange uh, thing. Strange thing. <laughs> yeah, well it is a strange thing. This indeed. Uh, that was completely unintentional as well. I know. Uh, I know. It was uh, made even better. Yeah. Uh, okay. I know the answer to this question before I ask it. Are you by any chance a Stranger <laughs> so Things fan? So maybe don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> well, no, because I feel like it, it, like Stranger Things has crossed boundaries, right? Like it doesn't feel like it's just for nerds. It feels like it's something that has crossed over and lots of people watch it, even the normies such as yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you were never tempted. I'm not, I'm not anti it. I, I just haven't, yeah, I haven't engaged with okay, it. Okay, okay. So I think you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it. It's like a bit of 80s Okay, fun. well, one step at a time. You know, I'm li- you just started Game of Thrones. Game you're of right, Thrones. you're right. You're yeah, right. Let's, I mean, let's not let's... drop you in the deep end. Let's do it bit by bit. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to a little bit of news that maybe will be a closer to your backyard. And it is. 
get, get away from my back door. <laughs> steady, Thanks, steady. What? Follow me. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I should definitely not be investigating your backyard, but let's talk no. about Colin oh from Accounts. Oh my gosh, going to rip my ears off. <laughs> Colin from Accounts. Colin from Accounts has Tell got me. an air date in the US. In its, Colin oh. from Accounts, it's like the Eras tour. It's like Taylor Swift. It's very, very slowly doing its tour of the globe. <laughs> Uh, but it is arriving on Paramount Plus on November 9th. Oh, but, you know, the only news I actually care about is, and I know it's ridiculous, it's going to be far off because they haven't even written it, but like, I'm desperate to know if we're going to get it in 2024. Well, that is the question, isn't it? I mean, they have renewed it, so I'm going to hope we do. But, you know, maybe it'll mm. be that, the same sort of thing where Australia will get it in summer, we'll get it next Christmas, and then America will get it sometime in 2025 because they are doing I a mean, world tour. I'd be happy with that. That's a great Christmas present. Yeah, it's not a bad one, is it? Slash birthday present for Boyd and me. <laughs> yes, indeed. And me as well. Thanks very much. Uh, oh, you December, All baby. of our birthdays around the same time. We should have a joint part. Oh, oh yeah. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to do, what? let's hire out the sex education house <laughs> and have a party, a joint triple birthday party. I mean, it's party. ambitious to think that we're going to fill that house with people. But mm. uh, yeah, we us three can definitely go. We'll have to have a joint party, all of us, all three of us. All close together. And I think since we're reeling off birthdays, that probably marks the end of news, doesn't it? So uh, let's move on <laughs> yeah. to the reviews Oh, it's a bit of a section. shambolic episode, but please do leave your five-star reviews. Yes, yes. Please do leave your five-star reviews for General Waffle. Um, first up this week, we have The Long Shadow. Now, this is a seven-part ITVX drama based on Michael Bilton's book, Wicked Beyond Belief. And this one sees Toby Jones on the hunt for Peter Sutcliffe, otherwise known as the Yorkshire Ripper, but crucially, not here. Isn't that right, Boydie? Yes. Um, when this uh, project was originally announced, actually, it was going to be have the Yorkshire Ripper in the title. That was kind of the working title. And then what happened was when the um, creators of the show, uh, George Kay, who's written it, and Lewis Arnold, who's directed it, started doing their research for the show and started you know, preparing for it in earnest, they realized that the relatives of the victims of Peter Sutcliffe are very, very anti him being known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, they feel like it kind of, you know, it, it almost glamorizes yeah, it does. him, as you know, which obviously it does. So they so they've changed that removed all reference to 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 the Yorkshire Ripper, certainly from there, from the title. It is you do see references to um the newspapers that covered um Peter Sutcliffe at the time, but that's all you see of that phrase, the Yorkshire Ripper. And they asked us, journalists covering the series, to not refer to him as the Yorkshire Ripper, which I think is fair enough, you know. Um it's perfectly valid to to explain why we're not calling him the Yorkshire Ripper. I did not I get that note, but okay, oh, good to okay. know. <laughs> interesting, interesting, yeah. So it does tell the story of Peter Sutcliffe, um, uh, the serial killer, um, who was operating in the 70s. And the other thing about it is you don't really see much of him either. So he's kind of very much in the shadows. Um, you're kind of aware of him as a figure and he, you, you kind of get to see, you know, the kind of impact that he, he's had on these women and their relatives and, their, and, 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 and it's extraordinarily powerful. But again, the focus is very much on the victims and on the police investigation. And part of the reason for that is that this was an investigation that went on for five years. It went through various um, detectives, lead detectives worked on the case, various other people were assigned to the case, people were taken off the case, moved to different areas of the, of the police. But it, it didn't, it was, it, it, you know, it's definitely uh, an investigation that was marred by loads of mistakes, often driven by, and failures among the police, often driven by the prejudices of the time and the assumptions of the time. Um, I think uh, I've watched a few episodes of it. Um, it begins with 
it also highlights the effect that it has on the children of these women who um, were victims of the Yorkshire. And the very first scene, mm. I think, I think really importantly and interestingly, the whole series, the whole seven part series, kicks off with a montage of news coverage from 1975 when it starts, showing how the kind of state Britain was in a bit of a broken, you know, state, and unemployment was rife. The economy was terrible, kind of similar with echoes to how it is now. Oh, you know, deli- cost- very much deliberately very in the way it's so. framed. Very, yeah. very much deliberately. The cost of living crisis, etc. And so because I think another part of the big story of the narrative of um, Peter Sutcliffe is that his victims were, in heavy quotes, prostitutes, sex workers or whatever. And what this production brilliantly does is it shows the human reality behind that tag of prostitute or sex worker or whatever freight want news at all. But these are three-dimensional human beings who were so desperate that they resorted to that line of work because they felt they didn't have any other option. And that's particularly dramatized right at the beginning and also through, through his first victim and also throughout particularly episode one and two with Catherine Kelly's character, Emily Jackson, who's his second victim. And we get to see her home life uh, with her husband played by Daniel Mays. And they agree together this awful... Um, you know, dis- decision they make that she is going to resort to sex work because they're in desperate stakes at home and they haven't got any money. And I just thought it was so moving right from the start that it foregrounds these people and explains what it would have been like for them, life would have been like for them. And it completely obliterates the cliches and stereotypes of sex workers and women and, and the women who were the victim- victims of, the, of, of Peter Sutcliffe. So it, it, I think it starts as it needs to go on by being a very humane, nuanced, and yet really powerful, grim, uh, necessarily grim. I mean, there's one scene with Catherine Kelly um, in well, she, in the van when she kind of went, yeah. Oh, which that's, are, do you know what? That's the yeah. scene that I was going to highlight. Yeah. It's the most affecting scene. I mean, it's, it is. It's. Yeah, it's horrendous, isn't it, to watch, Billy? But it has to be done. I agree with everything you said. I really, really think it's such a good decision that they're not focusing on him they don't allude to him really um, or mention him or glamorize him in any way and it's this is all about the victims and i think the fact that they have focused so heavily on the the victims their families but also the desperation they had during this time because of their financial constraints and and this is completely epitomized with Catherine Kelly's character, Emily, and her desperation to provide for her kids. And I just thought it was so interesting, the dynamic she has with her husband, Daniel Mays, who plays Sydney, who's doing very little to improve their financial situation. And the fact that they come to this decision, and it's not one that, I mean, to be fair, he's not really on board with it. I mean, he does in the end have to come around to it to a certain extent and extraordinarily like drives her to the pub to have these sort of um, meetings. Um, but it, you know, she's just, it's the desperation she feels to do that, to provide a mon- much needed money for the kids. And as you say, there's this scene in the back of the van, her husband's van, who's, she's driven her to, um, to meet up with this, um, this punter. And it's so, uh, the scene that we're talking about is so brilliantly done that it completely just in- embodies, encapsulates her pain and what she has what she's putting herself through for the sacrifice for her kids yeah yeah completely and then there's another in um because i've watched i think three episodes now i i obviously as there's ever my case with me i forget to make notes of what happens in which episode but there's another um really important character um who is marcella claxton 
who was attacked um, by Peter Sutcliffe when she was 20 years old, but she survived. So she was one of the survivors. We said there was a few women who were attacked by him who, who, who survived, and she's still alive now, played by Jasmine Lee Jones. And she's a black woman who was basically, her story was dismissed by the police because she was black and they just didn't believe her. The way this series, I think, deals with the police errors and filters that through the um, attitudes of the time is so clever. And, and it's done in such a in such a non-heavy-handed way, if you like, that, you know, it's not kind of like, it, it's done very in a very nuanced, intelligent way, is, is what I would say. And the other thing is the, the mixture of diligence and intelligence and foregrounding the victims and making a show that is, as it has to be, because it's a primetime TV drama, in, in heavy quotes, you know, gripping and entertaining, is, you know, to, I, we've talked about this before with true crime dramas. They have to be, you know, they have to grip us and they have to be. And this one is so well made in terms of the, the script written by George Kay, who we know from Hijack fame and Litvinenko and Lupin, a huge fan of his work. And um, the way it's written by him and the way it's directed by Lewis Arnold, who's, you know, done, did Time, Sherwood, Des, he's a brilliant director. It's very cinematic in a, in a kind of, but in, the, in a very low key, subtle way it it, 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 the atmosphere that's created of dread um in the show is brilliant so yeah it's 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 uh it's a story that you could say why now you know why are they telling this story now of of the most famous british serial killer in history um you know is it exploit is it just for exploitative reasons is it to climb up all the true crime bandwagon i think you could think that might be the case but then when you watch the show you watch the series you realize it's making some really important points about what the police were like at the time and still are now, echoing now to, the, to, to what's happening now with the Met, etc. What at the attitudes of the time, the failures, and what it was like, and the impact it had, as in the title, the long shadow for the victims and their families. Question, Boydo, because you went to the launch, didn't you? Yeah. Of this, um, this has been made with permission and of the victims' families, right? Yeah, it's been made with the involvement of a lot of the victims' families. Yeah, a lot right. of input, a lot of discussion, a lot of um, interviews with with the victims' families. Yeah, absolutely. Not you know, mm. it varies, but yeah, certainly with a yeah. lot of them. Yeah, because yeah. overall, it feels very respectful to yeah. them. You know, completely. It is. It's quite harrowing. It's the only thing that I will sort of add to this. I mean, you guys have, have touched on this. Well, that that scene in particular that you reference was exceptionally difficult to watch. Uh, and but but exactly as you say, like what this does is it, it explores the victims and it kind of portrays them as rounded characters. You see their lives. They're not sort of faces on a police pinboard, right? Like you actually understand who they are and what they're doing. And it humanizes them to such an extent that it makes this, I think, a lot more harrowing than similar kind of serial killer stories. Uh, and it hits extremely hard. I will say Danny Mays and Catherine Kelly are really, really good in this. And even the, even the domestic drama that they go through is pretty upsetting you know it's really difficult to be in that kind of poverty where you're really really where, where you have to essentially when she has to turn to sex work when she has no other option um the innocence of the children as well as they're unwrapping the presents so delighted with what they've been you know given yeah. and, and you see the pain of, of what it's, yeah yes. how that money's been how it's come about yeah there's a very particular look that the two parents share during that scene, which I thought was extremely well done. Also worth noting that that how this series begins, as you said, Boydie, it starts with a kind of the scene setting, talking about the you know the cost of living crisis that we're going through at the time. But also, it begins with two children at a bus stop, 
And so rather than the narrative, which has to be said, these similar stories often take, which is prostitute is murdered. You know, that's normally the narrative. It's mother of two children is murdered. And it's just that, and, and it's, a, it's an important thing because I think oftentimes with these stories, whether they be true crime or whether they be fictional, you do have this thing where, where victims are reduced to just that, just a victim, you know, not a person, not someone who has children, who has dependents, who has a life, you know, who was a complex, varied, vibrant person. You know, they were more than just their line in the newspaper. And I think this does an excellent job of doing that. And I wonder how much of that exists in the original book, which is Michael Bilton's uh, Wicked Beyond Belief, which I have not read. Uh, and how much of it, you know, was from the input from from the victims' families who were obviously involved? Oh, I think it, having been to, so yeah, I went to the launch where um, where the writer was there, and I think it probably is a mixture of both. Yeah, I think the the book w- is key, but I think they did do conduct a lot of um, interviews and discussions with um, a lot of the relatives of the victims. Yeah, so I think it is a mixture of both. Okay, well, the Long Shadow debuts on ITVX when Boydie. ITV One, ITV One. Um, oh, does it now? Yeah, Monday, today, as this goes out, showing airing weekly. Yeah, on ITV One, nine o'clock. Okay. Next up, we have the return of Terry White favourite Brassic. This is Joe Gilgan and Danny Brocklehurst comedy on Sky, which sees Vinnie O'Neill and his friends committing petty crime and generally causing carnage in the fictional town of Hawley. Now, Kay, instead of a pun, mm. I'm going to start you with a fact. So, Brassic is Cockney rhyming slang for being skint, right? We all know this. But it comes from Boracic Lint. So, Boracic Lint skint, uh, which was, and a Boracic Lint was a medical dressing made from surgical lint that is soaked in a hot, saturated solution of boracic acid and glycerin and then left to dry. And it's been used since the 19th century, though, to be fair, not so much now. And it was commonly used to treat leg ulcers. Right. Listen, all I would say to listeners is if nothing inspires you to leave that five-star review, <laughs> it's the fact that you get these these nuggets of information there you go. as well as uh, as well as your reviews. I, yeah. I like that Who fact. Who doesn't like a bit of leg ulcer yeah. chat? Leg ulcers, I would say, are significantly <laughs> less fun than watching this show. Did that prove to be the case? Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I like, I'm a bit like Terry. I'm a big fan of this show um, and the writing of Joe Gilgan and uh, Danny Brocklehurst. And this is series five. So we, you know, anyone who were very much embedded with these characters and but for anyone who doesn't watch it's about a a sort of a gang of misfits the working class misfits who are trying to scrape and earn a living um, usually through petty crime led by Vinny played by Joe Gilgan and this time round so at the end of last season we saw that they lost a valued member of their team Dylan aka Dildo played by Damon Maloney who was bundled into the back of a boot by some thugs. So he's still MIA. Vinny's pining for him. No one knows where he's gone, but they are distracted by, you guessed it, some more crimes. This time in particular, they are stealing a lorry load of cars in transit, um, which it's organized through one of Vinny's associates who decides it's an easy target. They're going to do this. The the transit van is um, being driven by none other than Boyd's favorite, Lee Mack. Um, who's wonderful in this role. He's the hapless driver who becomes embroiled in this heist. And there's some laxatives, long story short, um, it's dramatic and it's messy. Um, There's also a birth. Um, I just, do you know what? I just love this show because, I mean, you know what you're going to get. There's, it's madcap. It's, um, it's funny. It's, 
you're buying into these group of uh, friends who, you know, are obviously wrongins, but you kind of like them. I mean, I like them at least. I think particularly Joe Gilgan's character, Vinny, he's a sweetheart. And that seems weird to say because they're doing such awful things, but he's always got such heart to him. Like he'll never go beyond a certain limit. Um, and he always is trying to help people out you know, and generate money, much needed money. But it is just generally, it's full of heart. I think when they deal with the storylines, we don't see it particularly in this first episode, but when they deal with, you know, one of the gang members, it tries to trace his um, long lost father, but all the storylines to do with Vinny and his bipolar um, and his his family dynamics and stuff. It's really emotional as well. So we don't see it necessarily in this first episode, I would say Paul James interjects about that. But um it's it's I, I I find it funny and I think what I like about it is that they've they're not running out of steam because five series in, you could be forgiven for thinking, okay, we've reached the end of the road, but because of the nature of this show and it's all about, you know, how they're going to generate new ways of earning money and they get increasingly more inventive, usually it involves an animal, sometimes a Shetland pony. Um, there's plenty of creative juice, I think, still in the tank. And I will also, I mean, they've got the background of the will they, won't they between Vinny and his true love, Erin, played by Michelle Keegan, that, you know, keeps a certain momentum going. Yeah, it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Because I I've never got into it. I think I've watched we've read this I think twice before. Like I've watched I think series one, I think I watched series two. Not the whole things, but a few episodes from each. And I had this and I thought, you know what, Terry always bangs on about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it another go. I watched it here. Like I I totally see what you mean. I think there's a warmth in the connections between the characters here. And I can totally see that if you have watched this up until now you can totally get sucked in by that. The The issue I have with it is the comedy doesn't really land. I mean, this, this has come as shock to absolutely no one. The comedy doesn't really land with me. Like, I don't find it funny. So I think it's, I think I perfectly good. And I, you know, I, I like what they were doing with it, but I just, it did not make me laugh. And I think that's the component for me that doesn't work. The humor doesn't quite land. But that, as we have, it's long established, is very much my failing. Um, I enjoyed that there was a lot of bully chat. By that, I mean bully as in from bullseye. <laughs> it was an extraordinary amount of uh, great smashing super. Super smashing love great. Your money is safe. There was a lot of that going on. Uh, so always nice to have some bullseye chat in there. And I enjoyed Dominic West as a dodgy doctor. Oh, he's fab. Yeah, he's the um, very immoral GP, weed-loving GP of Vinny. And also, we should say that in this first episode, we're introduced to um, a new character played by Camille Cotin, who was in Call My Agent, the brilliant French comedy uh, drama. And she plays um, you, said, you said comedy in a French accent, a comedy. Comedy. Did I? Yeah, a très bon, a très bon <laughs> yeah. comedy. Yeah. comedy. Comedy. Call My Agent. What an imbecile. You did Sorry. that classic um, English thing where when you go oh, abroad, instead, of speaking, the, uh, instead oh, of speaking the God. language of the, ca- of the country... You just I speak English in the accent of the country. It's so awful. Yeah. Hello, yeah. I am English that. and um, I am in France. Can you understand me? It's all very <laughs> hello, hello. I'm one step away from being the policeman in hello, hello. Yeah. I was by just way, pissing by. Did, did you recognise Camille Cotin? How you pronounce it? Have you, yeah. you recognise where she was from as well as well as being in um, as well as being in that show? Call um, my agent. She was also in at the moment. Go on. Uh, a haunting in Venice. Ah, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. Which I yes. saw at the cinema. Yes. Where she yeah, is yeah, presumably yeah. searching for the fallen Madonna with the big boobies. Exactly. <laughs> oh, come yeah. on. You really? I listen. Bring back a low low. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe um, don't. <laughs> yes. So she uh, plays Vinny's new psychiatrist. 
So um, she's also a great character to join Dominic West. Now I'm not I'm not uh, uh, screener shaming, but Boydy, you did not get time to watch this. To be no. fair, well, you have hold, been busy. It's um, a te- no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. He's I, been a victim I, of crime. Oh, I've been a victim. I assigned. I waited stupidly, admittedly, until last night to watch this, and I thought, oh, you know, I'd be a nice nightcap after my exertions here in Cambridge. <laughs> I will watch the new because I'm a fan of Brassica. I think it's great. I'm fully on board with it. I agree with Kay, but. I tried to watch it on my Sky Media Village, but it would not let me log in because of two-factor authentication because of the fact that my fucking phone was stolen recently and there's no way of getting the two-factor authentication to work unless you email Sky. And this was at midnight last night. So yeah, I've not been able to watch it, I'm afraid. And I feel... It's very rare for me. You, 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 mm. James constantly just doesn't watch stuff. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. No, this I agree with boys. absolutely James inaccurate. This is a James would just go, yeah, I didn't fancy watching that. So scandalous besmirching <laughs> of my yeah. character. It's happened on about like two occasions. Admittedly, only murders in the building is a special case. Yeah, it happened <laughs> at least two occasions. And I've never, but this is the first for me. And it, but it is technical. It was a technical issue. I, I would love to have watched it, but I'm fully pro Brassic, is all I would say. Brassic then, which airs on the Sky and the Now. Thursday, 28th of September at nine o'clock. Thank oh, you, Kay. I was paying attention, but Kay picked up the ball seamlessly. Well done. Finally, this week, we have Boiling Point, which not only describes Kay's mood 90% of the time, but is. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Wow. Well, okay, full disclosure, Listen. full disclosure. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say this. I, this is as far as I got with preparation for this episode in terms of scripting, so I have nothing from this point on because I ran out of time. Some, some would say you have nothing before, James. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I could say that I submitted the script for Kay's approval and she vetoed <laughs> everything from this point on. So that is we are now true. in mm. uncharted territory. This is the undiscovered country, to use a Star Trek phrase. Uh, but the next show is Boiling Point. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a four-part series. It's on BBC One, and it is a spin-off of the uh, of Philip Barantini's brilliant, and I have to say, extremely stressful 2021 film of the same name. And I remember we reviewed this on the Empire Podcast, and I really, really liked it. Which is Stephen Graham going steadily mad in a very, very busy kitchen. Um, what's genius about this is that like that film ends on not cliffhanger, said, but it ends on a big. Oh, I'm, you know, I can say what it is. Like he has a heart attack at the end of it, and which is which is amazing because it's just how you feel when watching that film. You are so stressed out, and he literally has a heart attack at the end of it. But this picks up six months after the end of the film, uh, and it has Vinette Robinson, who's now taken over. Um, and you know, it's it's more of that good stuff. But as I said. It is extremely stressful, and I'm going to say this series is not a lot less stressful. But, 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 Boydy, Boydy, mm. were you, I guess, at boiling point, obviously, watching this? <laughs> um, how did you yeah. find it? Yeah, I too am a huge fan of the film. I think the film is fantastic. And of course, the film, it, it, it works on two, well, it works on multiple levels. But the, two, the thing about it is, not only is it telling this extraordinarily tense i buried the um, lead didn't i you did bury the <laughs> yes. lead. yeah it, it tells this extraordinarily tense um authentic feel getting yeah. authentic feel of a busy hectic kitchen um but it's all shot in one take it's a single take it's mm. a one the whole film is a one the whole film genius the whole film is a one and and not only that they didn't cheat as well they some some yeah. one films yes. effectively cheat by giving you, exactly giving you, the, <laughs> giving you the impression that it's all done in one take, but in fact they do by various means. Yeah. But this they actually properly An did make the whole thing. To the, ex- to the extent I think this was take four, I believe, of so the kind of fourth time they filmed the whole thing in one go that they used for the final, the one that became the film, if you like. Um, and there were incidents like I think at one point. How long was the film? About ninety minutes, pretty much, pretty much a taut ninety minutes. Yeah, 
Um, but there was one bit I, I think when when they when they were talking about the film where Stephen Graham was confronting another character and that like, someone backed into a cameraman or something. And they, I think that's in the one that went out. They just kind of dealt with it, you know, in some way, shape, or form at the time. Um, but what's interesting about this TV spinoff is that to start with, for me, the big question about I remember when it was announced, and I was thinking, oh, so is every episode going to be one take? That would be kind of quite incredible. And to start with, you think it is because it starts with a very very long take that's about 10, 11 minutes, but then. After that, which introduces us to the new situation, which is that the sous chef under Stephen Graham's character, Andy, in the film, is now in charge of her own restaurant and her own kitchen, played by Vinette Robinson, while he's back in his home, kind of recovering from that heart attack that James mentioned. He's being he's pretty miserable and kind of in, in a kind of grim situation. Very bitter. Very bitter. <laughs> Um, and through uh, and in one take, the first ten minutes of this series introduces introduces us to all the main characters, about half of which were, were in the original film, certainly in the kitchen as well as, and we get to meet the front of house staff as well, led by a brilliant um, head waiter who's hilarious, kind of camp figure, <laughs> who who is brilliant, like relief. I have to yeah, say, he's great. Mm. He's great. And we also so we meet particularly. There's a new guy called Johnny played by Stephen Odebola, who is like a, he's like a kind of young guy who's just thrust into the hellhole, uh, the he hellscape. He made me so yeah. stressed. So he, I mean, this isn't a story, because again, established very early on, has kind of basically lied about his level of experience working in a kitchen to get this job, because he's in desperate need of, of, of this job. And he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> and he can't make hollandaise sports, which is his first task. So you're already... It's already establishes a similar level of stress as the film, even though, funny, part of the, what part of what the series is about is that Vinette Robertson's character Carly is trying to create a more a less stressed out environment for her staff. But fucking good luck to her because within about you know a minute of this season launching, she's also got investors in the front of us who are in who, who are kind of being wined and dined by her main investor and she needs raging to twats raging twats. oh my god such wankers. yeah raging city twats and she's supposed to be kind of like pleasing them and then she's got her um sous chef ray panthaki's go to freeman who was in the film he's quite volatile anyway he was the one who basically ended up practically fighting andy in the film um he's he's still angry and it's like with everything and gets with, with some cause with some, yeah, oh, completely 100 <laughs> with some cause yeah um but Bottom line, it's pretty much almost as good. So even though, sorry, that's what I meant to say, that even though the one the one shot thing is dispensed with after that first sentence, it doesn't matter because it's still shot in such a, a verite documentary style yeah. that it still feels incredibly real and authentic. And, you know, and, and the research they've done into what life is really like in, I mean, you know, um, Phil Barantini, the director, has actually worked in these in this situation, so he knows what he's talking about, knows what he's doing. But it's so well done and the cast is so uniformly brilliant completely naturalistic their performances mm. that you totally buy into it and, and and of course the reason why in the end they couldn't do the whole series in one take quite they said again i went to the launch of this and they did a q a and as barantini basically explained they want to go into the private lives of these characters we yeah. want, they, they show us into their home lives which is crucial i think even in this first episode there are revelations that are really interesting when you see what, what they're going on in their domestic life and they couldn't have done that in one take because you imagine they would yeah. have to like got the bus from the restaurant you'd have to follow them getting the bus <laughs> yeah. home, it'd know? be like a really serious episode yeah. 24 <laughs> exactly exactly so they literally could not do that in a four-part four-part drama series but it's as it's as well th- and the funny thing is of course we've got the bear which is very well, similar to in many ways. And I think yes. uneducated people may think, oh, it's this is like a British versus the bear. Of course, the film came before the bear. It so is. it's not like it's just total coincidence that these two kind of brilliant, different 
um, accounts of life working in a proper restaurant kitchen come along roughly at the same time. But I think it's, it's different. It's, it's different to the bear. You know, it's more just it's more just trying to be. It's more going for pure realism. I think this this show, and I think it achieves that. I'm gonna say, like, I'm glad you addressed the bear in the room because I do think you kind of yes. need to mention that, <laughs> uh, and I don't think. You know, it, it's tricky. They are very different, as you say. This one is much more real. The bear is flashier, yeah. and it has more glitz to it's it. It's more stylized. It, it is more stylized, and I feel like when held side by side, it's almost like an unfair comparison because they're trying to do different things. But I do think some people will see this as a slightly more sort of like grounded, gritty bear without the flash. Like the bear is is if we're honest, the bear is the better show, but the bear is absolutely exceptional. It's an outstanding show. This is also. Brilliant brilliant and i think what barantini's done here is great not least of all because stephen graham while he's in this his role is much diminished for obvious reasons uh and i worried a little about that because he was very much the linchpin of the film like it all revolved around him and his struggles and how he was coping with it but what's really interesting to me here is like Vinette robinson who was so good and ray pantaki again who's very very good in the film both of them have stepped up and this new ensemble that they built around them is just as compelling to watch and i think so stephen graham who's huge hugely charismatic, massively, uh, he's a magnetic actor, he's wonderful, you know, it's interesting that this largely survives without him. You know, that the, actually the strength of the premise and the strength of the other, the supporting ensemble is strong enough to carry this. And I found this, I mean, this, the episode's about an hour long, I think. Yeah. Absolutely riveting from end to end. Mm. Couldn't mm. look away from it. I thought it was fantastic. But it moves at a very different speed sort of pace and in a very different frequency to the bear they're both very stressful shows but in slightly different ways it's not just that you know kitchens are very stressful places to live and there are lots of people shouting it is and there are but it does have a very different vibe to it and i think this first episode in particular by putting you in the really really squirmingly awkward shoes of new guy as they call him uh where he's clearly out of his depth and everyone is yelling and he's fucking up and he's having a nightmare i thought that first episode very perfectly kind of positions it as his story like how he goes through it and then obviously it ends with it gives you more background into his story but yeah it's it's a really great piece of television I feel like the bear's kitchen is relentlessly frenetic, right? It yeah. never eases up. Whereas with this, what I like is that you've got the, you know, the disparity. So like at the beginning, it, it starts very calmly. You know, they seem to be enjoying a banter. It's clear that she's Carly, the character of Carly is setting out a different agenda. She wants it to be more relaxed. You know, there's playful banter, everything's thing. And then obviously it, it very rapidly disintegrates and unravels and... It becomes more stressful, but it's not just the stuff that's happening in the kitchen. It's the wanker investors. And for me, she's just the MVP because I like the fact that this is her endeavor. She's really trying to make it work, but she's got all this domestic drama going on, which is adding such a lot of stress on onto her plate. And that part of it actually was the worst bit for me in terms of the tension because it was like she's she's got commitments outside of the kitchen that take her away from this thing that is so important to her. Her loyalties are really, really torn and you can really feel that, you know, you can put yourself in her shoes and you understand it. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. I understand the, that people will naturally lean to compare it to the bear, but I think we just need to like, you know, draw a line. Although having said that, I was constantly exp thinking, why aren't they shouting out behind and corner? Yeah. <laughs> like, <Hands. laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. But um, no, I think this is, you know, this is really good. Yeah. Great show. And Boydie, this airs on BBC One when? Uh, Sunday. This coming Sunday, the uh, 1st of October, I believe it is. Yes. Exciting. Week by week? 9pm. Uh, I think so. Do you know what? I'm not 100% sure. 
We're going to no. say week by week. Let's we have say no real week. evidence to base that no. on, but we're going to say it is. Yes, let's say it. Boiling point then. What else is out this week other than Gen G- V, formerly you know known what? as the boys Gen V? Yeah, it really is just Gen V this week, I believe. I don't. I can't think there's anything else that we need to mention, um, unless I'm very much mistaken. It's yeah, it's Gen V. It's the well, Gen thing. V is the spin-off from the boys, and this drops on Friday, the 29th. It is embargoed, so we'll be covering it on this week's Pilot Plus. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and nothing else is out this week. Well, no. that's it. That's it for the podcast. Yeah. We're done. We are finished. We are out. Boydie's got stuff to do. James Corden's got reviews to write. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please do one of two things. Please go on to Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice and leave us a five-star rating. If you are James Corden, leave us several. Uh, also, <laughs> if you'd like to subscribe to Pilot Plus to help us keep the lights on, we'd very much appreciate that as well. Um, you can do so at emperorline.com slash Pilot TV. And you can follow us on social media at James C. Dyer, at Boyd Hilton, at Kay Ribeiro, and at Pilot TV Pod. Next week on this very podcast, we will be watching some shows because Loki season two arrives, but we almost certainly won't be able to watch that in time. Lupin saison trois arrives, and Kay will be reviewing that entire thing in a French accent. You can look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> oh I very much oh, like the show Lupin. I enjoyed Listen, it. We're not, says Kay. After today, after today, we can't talk about this again. <laughs> oh, Thank I you think, very much. I think we all know that's not going to happen. Uh, Mira Cial's got a show, Mrs. Sidhu Investigates, so we could maybe watch that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Payback, we, payback with Morvan Christie, who I've interviewed for this very oh, podcast. Oh, we definitely have to, yeah. Oh, we so, so you interviewed that. Morvan Christie, so you knew it was coming. Yeah. And yet still yeah. didn't put it in the calendar. That's, that's I extraordinary. I have put it in the calendar. I have put it in the calendar. Oh, I'm looking at the calendar. I'm looking oh, at it now. God. <laughs> oh, dear. But more important than whether or not Boydie has updated the calendar, <laughs> next week's show will not have one very important thing. And oh, yeah. it's Kay who will not be yeah. here. And it's just occurred to me that we will need to get someone else to review Lupin in a French accent because you will not be available. Uh, I know someone who would be brilliant at that task. Yes. I think we all know someone who might be good at that. So I will I will call the Steph phone and see if she can step in. And Stephanie Stephanie Silla. Silla can step in. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to stop that now because it's God, hate crime. Yeah. Oh, right. Awful, anyway, awful. anyway, that is it for this week's Pilot Podcast. Do join us on Thursday for Pilot Plus and indeed Are we going to do a pick, a, yeah, our pick, pick of the, of the week? week or? Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. What's our pick of the week? I mean, Bowling Point and Long Shadow are both brilliant, but I'm going to say Long Shadow. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. It's between the two. Yeah. They're both brilliant, but the Long they Shadow. They are both brilliant. I'm going Boiling Point so because okay. I'm contrary that way. Boyd's off punting now. Yes. Yep. Boyd has yep. to go. I'm going to go into the office. Kay's probably just going to loaf around the house. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and look Amazing. out the window. <laughs> Shaky ship. Pilot out.